Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. This week I have two guests for the price of one. The men behind the new film, God's Own Country, which opens this Friday, October 27th. I have writer-director Francis Lee and one of his leading men, Alex Sikoranu. And they were both here for Outfest back in July. That's when I did the interview. And um, then the film played that night for opening night. Um, It's gotten a lot of acclaim all over the world in different festivals. And um, it's kind of like... I liked it a lot. It's like, uh, it reminded me of Brokeback Mountain without the tragedy. So it would make a great double bill, actually, with that, with that film. It's set on a farm in the north of England. Uh, these two men meet and um, don't always get along at first. And then love blossoms, as it often does when you're tending to sheep and stuff like that. There's lots of animal stuff in the movie. We get into it in the interview. Um, before we get to that, though, I want to encourage you to check out DennisAnyone.net. Uh, There you can uh, email me. You can also donate to my virtual tip jar. It helps me cover the cost of doing the podcast. I always really appreciate that. Um, Also, my Instagram, I'm starting to do a little more Instagramming, Dennis C. Hensley. And uh, my Twitter is at Hensley Dennis. Oh, I'd also love it if you joined the Dennis Anyone Facebook group. Okay, that's enough of the the plugs. Um, here, without any further ado, the men behind God's Own Country, writer-director Francis Lee, and one of his leading men, Alex Sicarano. All right, I'm here with two of the men behind the new movie God's Own Country, writer-director Francis Lee, and one of the actors, Alex Sicarano. Welcome to L.A., first of all. Thank you very Have much. You, when, when did you get in? We got here on Tuesday. Yeah, two days ago. Yeah. Yes. And just so the listeners know, the, the gentleman with the more English accent is Francis. <laughs> so you got in here a couple of days ago. What have you done so far? Um, we've done a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and a lot of uh, promo for the film. But we did have the opportunity to go to the observatory. Oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. The Griffith Park Observatory, yes. the La La Land moment, we, uh, I the Rebel there. Without a Clause exactly. moment. Exactly. I was yeah. there for Rebel Without a Cause. Right, of course. And, and it was beautiful and lovely. They've redone it, like, oh, right. not that long ago, and I haven't been back, I mean, a while ago, but, okay. yeah, I need to make it back there. Great. So, have you spent much time here before? Is any of it your first time? So, so first time. for Both, both of your first time. Yeah. I yeah. hope you get time to do some stuff and um, see some things. Yeah, and, it would be nice. It yeah, would yeah, be yeah. nice not just to work. Yeah, and you have your big Outfest premiere. It's very exciting. Yeah, very pleased tonight. The theatre is gorgeous. Oh, great. And it has all kinds of history. I think Judy Garland performed there when she was a little girl. It's, wow. like, fantastic. Amazing. So, um, the movie God's Own Country. Um, first of all, the title. Where, where did you come up with the title from? Yeah, so um, in Yorkshire, if you are a proud Yorkshire person, right. um, you call it God, uh, Yorkshire is known as God's Own Country like many other places in the world. Um, and it felt it felt very much part of me, does that landscape. So it felt very fitting. But also for me, it kind of it kind of has a double meaning. It, for me it kind of also means, you know, heaven can be a place where you make it. Oh, I like, love that idea. Mm. How do you describe the plot to someone that you've just met? And they say, what's your movie about? I would say that God's Own Country is set on a Yorkshire sheep farm. Um, the farm is being run by Johnny Saxby, a man in his 20s. Uh, all his friends have moved away to college or got jobs in towns, and he's left on his own. He's very geographically and socially isolated. His father's had a stroke and can't work the land anymore, and his grandma's quite old. Um, and he's very frustrated and self-medicates every night with getting very, very drunk and having casual sex. And it comes to lambing time. 
and all the sheep are going to give birth and he can't do it on his own, so they employ a Romanian migrant worker called Georgi to come and help him. Played by Alec. Played by Alec, and it becomes about their relationship. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. I, I grew Thank up you. in a small town in Arizona, and even though the landscape couldn't be more different, I relate to that idea of somebody, all their friends moving away, and, you know, because there's not a lot there for people. No, so if you're no. young, you move. Yeah. Um, I also, it reminded me a lot of the American West, where you really felt like you had these wide open spaces. I think it would be a nice double bill with Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Have you ever heard that before? Or? Yes. So um, the I think um, there's been a lot of comparison to Brokeback Mountain. Um, I think they're they're very different films. I love Brokeback Mountain. It's a it's a beautiful film with with incredible performances at the at the centre of it. But as we all know, it was a very different time. Yeah. What I like about your movie is that it has some similar elements, but it speaks more to today. Absolutely, yeah. It and was... and that I found really refreshing. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. no, um, no one, no one in in this film gets married has to get married to a woman. Right. <laughs> um, now, um, I'd never heard the word lamb used as a verb. Lambing. Mm. We're going to do the lambing. What is exactly is lambing? So that's when the lamb is born of the sheep. Okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. It's it's birth. Right, it's the birthing of, 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 of lambs. lambs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the animals in the film figure very prominently, and you do a lot of farming work with the animals, very hands-on, we see it all. What was that like for you, Alec, to do? And I, I imagine you had to learn and prepare and... Yeah, and we trained, we trained a lot. Uh, for two weeks, basically, we worked, uh, we worked on farms, both me and Josh. Josh worked on the farm that we filmed, the, uh, we shot the film on, and uh, I worked on, the, on Francis's father farm. So, oh, you uh, worked on the, the farm, is it the farm you grew up on? No. Oh, a different one. But <laughs> yeah, it's but it's my dad's. Yeah. Wow. Yes, but his father still has a farm there, and uh, I worked every single day with his father, and uh, we had to, wo- to wake up very early in the morning and uh, do long shifts and uh, we basically we had to learn all those things how to make injections to animals how to uh, give birth to lambs how to make cheese how to stick our hands in different yeah some i think johnny's animals. character's hand or his his hand goes right up the uh the took us of a cow early on yeah did you have to do that as well no no yeah. that, no uh, i mean uh, bo- <laughs> each of us had to do you each had your thing. own thing you had some other yeah. stuff that was I pretty I had some other stuff skinning a lamb yeah. and, and all that all that things uh, and it was very important for us to uh, to have this kind of prep and uh, Francis did a, did an amazing job with organizing it because it was very important for us to be as organic and, and as authentic as we could yeah you had to look like you've been doing it for years yeah what was the hardest part of that for you I think the the lambing, the giving, the actual giving birth of the lamb. I mean, it, it was very emotional for me. Not for the character, but for me, it was very emotional. Alec was so sweet. So you know, there are. No, I knew I didn't want any stunt doubles, any hand doubles in this film. I knew the actors had to do everything. Right, and I kind of, as a viewer, you're sort of aware of it. You're yeah, kind of like, oh and, wow, they're really doing that. And Alec's character, Georgi, is very pragmatic and practical. So he just gets on with it and right. and pulls this lamb out, and there you go. And and we shot the scene in one take, and um, I said cut, and Alec had been brilliant and he and then Alec got up and walked away and had a little cry I can imagine Alec, it's a circle you know. of life yeah 
And it was very so. With that, you know, you have to shoot. Do, do, do lambs give birth? Like, I, like, can you just go? Okay, and now it's time, lamb, or do you no. have to wait? No, no, like, we have to the... wait for that scene. Yeah, for so, some time. yeah. So yeah. we the 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 film the farm we shot on is a working sheep farm. And we, it was very important we shot in spring at lambing time for that very reason. Um, and so the farmer had a lot of ewes all ready to give birth. Right. Um, and I had a word with him and I said, you know, when you see one, when it was coming up to that scene, and he said, when you see one about to go, come and tell me and we'll come out and shoot it. Wow. And that, and that happened. Yeah. And it was the way you wanted it to be. Yeah. There's a scene where you... You make a coat type of a garment for another for another lamb, and it was so like, oh my god, what is happening? What is he doing? And then at the end, it's so sweet. I'm like, oh, no wonder he falls in love with you. You made a little <laughs> thing. What was that like to to shoot? Well, it was pretty incredible. Nobody expect. I mean, I trained with Francis's father. He he taught me how to skin a lamb. Apparently, there are more ways how to skin a lamb. And right. <laughs> And uh, nobody from the crew expected to be so brutal and uh, to hear the uh, bones cracking and stuff right. like that. And it was brutal for the uh, for the crew, but uh, I think that we did that also in one take. Yeah, so it, was, it would yeah. have to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is set where you grew up. Yes. What was it like to go back and shoot that? And how did the locals? Engage with you, and what did that mean to you to go back and do that? Yeah, it was really cool. I'd been, I left Yorkshire when I was 20 to go to London to train as an actor. Um, And and when I decided to make film, it it felt incredibly natural to go back to that environment and explore that environment because it felt to have informed me so much physically and emotionally. So I went back, I actually moved back there to make the film, and I'm still there. and it was wonderful to explore that that landscape on film. I had never seen this landscape depicted as I had seen it right. and as I had heard it. And so it was super important to, to just put a tiny little bit of a window on the way in which I see this world. The locals have been incredibly supportive. And um, the ones who've seen the film have totally fallen in love with it. It's been, an, an, you know, it's been an, a, a really incredible experience. Where would they have seen it at? Did you have a screening? We, so we had the UK premiere um, last week, I think, mm-hmm. um, at Edinburgh International Film Festival. Oh, fantastic! Where we won best film. Congrats! I've, and you. you've won. You won an award at Sundance. You've been. Doing... We've been super lucky. We won. Yeah. yeah, we won a directing award at Sundance. Uh, we won a Teddy Award in Berlin. We won an award at the Transylvanian International Film Festival, where we premiered in Romania. Um, we just won the Audience Award at Frameline. Um, yeah, That's it's, fantastic. It's, and well-deserved. Thank you. Were you at Sundance when they called your name? Yes, mm-hmm. I was sat next to him. What was it like? It was, who, was, who presented it? Was it like this big moment? Um, so we had gone... It, it's a very silly story. So I love silly stories okay. on this podcast. So we was... Uh, me and the boys were sharing um, an apartment in Sundance. And, as you do. As we do. And um, we went... We got the invitation to go to the award ceremony... I'd got the invitation, and it said, oh, 
arrive at 6.30, award ceremony at 8. So I said to the boys, okay, we just need to get there about quarter to eight. It's fine. Yeah. So we got there, but we got there late. Right. Um, and we got there and discovered that the reason it started at 6.30 was because there were free drinks and food. Right. So the boys <laughs> were really fed up with me. Right. And then we couldn't sit anywhere. Yeah. There was all the seats were taken. It was in this huge aircraft hangar with like a, yeah. maybe 2,000 people. Eventually, we managed to get a seat. And we're sat there. And, and a drink. And a drink. <laughs> and we're sat there. And, um, and then all of a sudden, somebody announces my name, which is hilarious. So I look at the boys and we laugh quite a bit. And then Alex says, I think you've got to go up. Right. <laughs> and so we went up and, yeah. And you had your moment. Well, it was, it, you know, anything that builds an awareness about the film yeah. and gets people to come and see it, I think That's is super cool. cool. Now, Alec, how did you come to be in the film? Was it a normal audition process or...? It was a pretty long audition process. I mean, I first sent a self-tape to Francis, I think it was November, as I remember, November or December, and then uh, me and other 40 Romanian actors, and then Francis came to Bucharest to meet uh, 13 or 14 of us, and after that I went to London to do a chemistry test with Josh. He was already on board with the film. And, um, yeah, basically that was it. And the chemistry test went really well. (laughs) Clearly. You guys really do have a great chemistry. Can you talk, Francis, about directing the more intimate scenes? Not just the love scenes, but just the the intimacy of their relationship and how it grows. And what it was like to work with them in that way. Yeah, so I love working with actors. It's, It's one of the joys of making a film. And I wanted to work in a very particular way, which both boys also wanted to work in that way in which we started work together three months before the shoot and we built these characters from scratch from the moment they were born until the moment we meet them in the film and we learned everything about them not not just important things like their relationships and you know their schooling or their family but we learned that you know if they like sugar in their tea what socks did they like where did they buy them we we learned everything in minute detail and also part of that process for me was building trust with with the two boys and making sure that they always knew I was always going to be there for them and they were always going to be my priority and we would operate as a little unit and I would protect them and give them whatever they needed to deliver the very best they could and so, so through that process and then and then the two boys working together um, we we were able to really get to the truth of this relationship, and I and I knew that the camera was going to be very up close and personal the whole time, and the boys were going to be doing things that are difficult to do on screen, and so the cinematographer was really important, and 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 not only Joshua James Richards, our cinematographer, is an artist in his own right, but he's he, I knew that he would be able to build a relationship with the boys, and we would all have this trust. And we would all have be, then be able to do the best work we could by the script. I love that. Now, Alec, how did you feel when you first saw it finished for the first time? All put together. <laughs> well, it's strange. No, no. <laughs> it's very strange when you see yourself on screen. I mean, uh, especially for the, for the first time in, in, a, in this kind of film. I mean, you tend to be very very subjective and very critical about your work. And uh, the first impression is not really the best impression that you have. Right. Yeah. 
but uh, I got used to it, and uh, I mean, I knew that we have a we had a, a beautiful film and a beautiful story, and Francis has done an amazing job editing it and adding the music and the sounds and all that. For both of you, can you think of a reaction that you gotten from an audience member or somebody that said something that really stayed with you or really meant a lot? I'm sure that audiences have it's, really it's been loving a, yeah, the film. It's such an interesting uh, reaction the film gets. When people see it, they seem to feel an ownership over it, that they, that they, they feel it very personally. And I find that, that after people have seen it, they want to come and talk and they want to tell you a little bit about their story right? and a little bit about their lives. And that could be about a relationship with a parent or a relationship with a lover or a, a um, relationship to a landscape. And, and everybody has a very personal take on it. And that is the most gratifying thing, really, is yeah. the, the, that sense of personal ownership over it. It's one of those examples of the more specific something is, the more universal it is. Like, mm-hmm. this world is very specific, different than anything I've experienced, looks different, but it feels like I connect to it. That's so that. great to hear. Thank yeah. you. What about you? Was there an audience member or a comment that you've heard that you remember? People are, are asking me if I'm really Romanian. <laughs> yes, and it, yeah. was, it was always in the script. As, as I thought it might have been like he found you and then and tailored it that way. But yeah, and after pe- uh, after I tell them I'm really Romanian, they ask me if my mother is really an English teacher, and they're trying to uh, they 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 confuse me with the character, yeah. and that's quite strange. Yeah, from time to time. I mean, yeah, it's always strange. In fact, yeah. But this is, I think, the most strange things that people are telling me about the character. Yeah. And this is your first film in English, is that right? Yeah. What was that like for you? Did it feel the same? Well, it, it was a huge opportunity, and uh, to be to be sincere, it's it's quite different yeah. acting in Romania to acting in English because there is a whole other choreography of the mouth and the way you are speaking and. Uh, the way you're trying to deliver and uh, it was a bit hard but uh, Francis took very good care of it us. it all yeah. <laughs> it all worked out um, you're, you've, you I've read that you're working on something new called the last bus right yes yeah. so this is always the problem when you mention something when it's early stages oh that's okay I'm working on three it's, projects oh good that I've written Any, um, anything you want to tell us about anything no um, <laughs> it's all good but um, but I I wanted to work on three projects and and see which one shouted the loudest to be made next I, sometimes they have to shout to you yeah to do that exactly what has this ride been like with this film for you going to the festivals and taking something that's clearly so personal yeah it's uh, it's it's incredible it's it's a bizarre experience I made this little film in the UK and when it was selected at Sundance the film wasn't finished it, they saw a rough cut and they loved it so much they selected it. So the film, actu- I didn't actually finish the film until very early January. And then I was straight on a plane to Sundance. Wow. And then straight on a plane to Berlin. And then straight back to deal with distributors and other festivals. So in real terms, I don't think, I think I've had five days off in, in two years, just over two years. Wow. Um, it, it's an extraordinary experience to, to make a film that, that, you, you, nobody asked you to write you know. nobody asked me to write it nobody paid me to write it it was just an idea I had I didn't have a producer or an agent um, and, and then to see where it is now where it's opening film festivals 
worldwide and 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 going to get a theatrical release in most countries is is an extraordinary and overwhelming experience. Yeah. Getting something made like this, it's it's always hard. Was there something that that happened that tipped it to like okay, this is going to happen now. Um so in the UK we have public funded films. Right. Um and this is a public funded film. It is funded by the BFI, the British Film Institute and Creative England. Um and they were pretty much behind it for quite some time. Is it a big application process? How do you uh, Yeah, get you, that? You, obviously because it because it is public funds then yeah. you have to go through a um a, quite a rigorous application process. But I knew that the executives, the financiers really loved the project, were really behind it. Um so yeah, it you know. It all came together. Yeah. All right, we got some kind of random questions. Oh, great. All right. What's your favorite souvenir from a job? Did you keep anything from this film, Alec? Yeah. <laughs> you got very excited at that question. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I kept the knife I skinned the lamp with. Wow. Yeah. Where do you keep it? At home. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love the sweater. I'm not using it. I'm no, just it's just as a nice <laughs> yeah. thing. I love the sweater in the film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, first of all, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a great, I want a sweater like that. And then it kind of, you see it more it than once. It becomes very important, that Do, sweater. Were there 20 sweaters and you're like, we've got to find mm. the right sweater? Yeah. Yeah, so again, uh, very boringly. I, I, I lo- it's not boring. Okay, I love rules and I love authenticity. So one of the rules was that the costume designer could only buy the costumes in the shops that the characters actually had access to. I think that's great. So all the family's costumes came from two shops in a small town. Um, and Alex's costumes could come from further afield. Sure. Because he'd travelled. That's right. I yeah. like that. No, what other, do you have any other rules that you... Yes, yeah. lots. Uh, <laughs> the uh, production design, um, uh, the props could only come from the farm we shot on, or my dad's farm, or again, the shop in the town that the characters had access to. Right. Um, so you guys were limited in the way that the people would be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know... Uh, um, the way the camera moved, we had lots of rules about how the camera moved and where the camera could be. Um, yeah, it, I like rules because I think they push you creatively. Yeah. I noticed, uh, we'll get back to the, the, the question, but I noticed that you thank Mike Lee in your thank yous. Yeah. Uh, is he somebody you know, the, the filmmaker? And when you talked about how you developed the characters, that seemed kind of like a Mike Lee. Yeah, so I was in a Mike Lee film. Um, as an actor. Yes, topsy-turvy. Topsy-turvy. That's right. Blink and you'll miss me. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, I had always, uh, from, from being very, from being young, actually, um, an English teacher at school had shown me an early Mike Lee film, had shown the class, and, and instantly I felt, my God, this is, this is great. This is what I want to do. Right. Um, and then I read a book about his process. And so from a very early point as an actor, it's a process I always used of building a character from scratch. I'm not a fan of improvisation and I wouldn't allow any improvising in my film. Um, it's just not my bag. But the way in which you build an immersive, detailed, three-dimensional character is very much a, a, a way in which he works as well. I love it. I just had this thought. When you are when you know the whole backstory, do you ever get confused of like, oh, is that detail in the script, or do we just know it from before? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is uh, there ever a thing like, oh, we never put that in? Yeah, I mean, there were there were a number of things. I think they inform the characters. You know, they 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 become. 
you know, for example, with the family, right. the, the, the dad and the grandma and, the, and Johnny, I took them up to the set, to the farmhouse, and we went into the rooms, and, I, would, and I, I took Johnny into his bedroom, and I went, OK, so where's your bed? Why is your bed there? You know, is that the warm part of the room? What is on his walls? Where is this poster from? Where, why, has he written anything on the walls? What is under the bed? What is in the drawers? Right. And so we had all of this detail, and for me, I like safety. So all this detail just makes you very safe and makes the actors very safe. So when it comes to... I didn't rehearse any of the scenes, really. So when it, But it, when it comes to, to doing the scene, it, it happens very organically. They feel very instinctive. They feel at home. They feel at home, yeah. absolutely. Um, did you have a favourite souvenir from a job that you kept? Uh, yes, so from this film, I kept Martin, Johnny's dad's chair... Nice. Yeah. You just like it? It's a cool chair? Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of chairs. Yeah. yeah. Chairs are awesome. Yeah. Okay. Who were your uh, teen movie star crushes? Like when you would watch movies and... Anyone come to mind? Um, I would say... I was a big fan of Harrison Ford. Right on. Yeah. I'm reading uh, Carrie Fisher's last book, oh, cool. where she writes about having the affair yeah. with Harrison. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, a, he's an awesome movie yeah. star. Yeah. As I grew up, I was a big fan of Dirty Dancing. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> that movie is fantastic. Um, so, Jennifer Grey, or the other one, Cynthia Rhodes, uh, Patrick Swayze, everybody? Uh, everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst job you ever had, either in show business or out of show business? So, I had a job in a shopping centre, which I was actually doing just before I, was, before I went to shoot this film, where I had to sell brownies... <laughs> bespoke special brownies in a shopping centre where I was like a sh- what do you call it here a mall a mall yeah um, where I had to like wear a, a hilarious outfit and go up to people trying to like get trying to, they, you had to like solicit them they wouldn't solicit just come them. to you and no. you would know I would have to go out with a tray wow yeah so that okay. was not a lot of fun no what sort of job have you ever had Alec I think after I finished the university I had to Sell second-hand cars. Oh, you had to be a used car salesman. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. For you gotta, you gotta be charming. <laughs> All right, what's the most trouble you ever got in in school? Hmm. hmm. I didn't really get into trouble. Neither do I. I'm, you Neither both seem I. like good boys to me. Yeah. I'm not at all. I'm not at all surprised yeah. by that. Um, what was the first American movie that you remember seeing, Alec? First. American Did you get a lot of? I'm sure on your television and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think the the movie that had an impact on a really impact on me. I think it was uh, Philadelphia. Oh wow! With Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that movie had a really strong impact on me. Yeah, so moving, <laughs> right? I know. What, <laughs> what what's the, the what's a movie that you, you saw that had an impact on you when you were young? Sophie's Choice. Sophie's Choice. Oh, wow. Yes, Sophie's Choice. My mum took me to see it when I was about 14. No, younger, like 13, 12, 13. (laughs) And um, we went to see it. We thought it was devastating and brilliant. And um, 
in the car ride home, neither one of us spoke. Yeah, you were too overwhelmed. Too overwhelmed. When you decided you wanted to go and pursue acting and, and being part of the arts, what did the people where you grew up think of, think of it? Because I grew up in a place where that wasn't really on the radar of what people did. Well, it was quite a long time ago. Yeah. You know, it was in the 80s, the mid-80s. And um, it was a time, as you say, in, uh, you know, the, the, the transport wasn't great. Um, there was no internet, there was no mobile phones. Quite a number of people didn't even have landlines. Yeah. And so anybody who actually left and went off to pursue something was quite unusual. Um, so, it, yes, it, it, I left home quite early because I couldn't do... I knew the only way out was through education. Right. And I had to work incredibly hard to try and get some qualifications when I was 16. And then the qualification I needed to do didn't happen in my region, so I had to move to a town um, about 50 miles away and live on my own. How old were you when you moved? 16. Wow, mm. to do the thing. Mm. But, so, it, yeah, but it's paid off. Eventually. Um, talk to me about the home movies that are at the end of the film. Yeah, so there's archive footage at the yeah. end. Um, it's not mine. It's not from my family. My family um, never had the means to own a a cine camera let alone the processing costs right but I always there was always this idea in my head that when I was growing up the images of farming in the UK were always incredibly bucolic pastoral happy smiling farmers with bountiful crops having picnics living off the land living like off the said. land yeah. and, I, and that was just not my experience yeah. at all of farming it was cold it was wet it was there was no money in it it was it, hard it was really hard and I just wanted to present a bit of a juxtaposition because of that so I found all these incredible archives they're all 1950s British farming archives that right. present this incredible world of loveliness yeah and I love the you know I just liked that juxtaposition yeah. with the movie there's one shot in the movie where Alex's character goes up on a sort of hill and when you get up there the vista is incredible mm. was that was it fun for you as, as someone that came from that region to find that frame and to capture that we actually found it really early on yeah um, you know that's where I live so I know I, so you know that you, I know, you know it really, the area. really well it's gorgeous yeah and it was also really important to me that we had no landscape shots in the film there are no landscape shots in the film apart from that one yeah maybe that's why it was so yeah. well, it was beautiful to look at yeah and then you're on the water and yeah it, it's kind of it was that idea that you know this whole film this whole movie was seen through the eyes of Johnny and Johnny could not connect to that landscape. He just saw it as hard and cold yeah. and, and difficult. And the, the, the only time we see a landscape is, in effect, the first time he sees it through Georgi's right. eyes. Right. You feel like he appreciates yeah. it in a way. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Um, what uh, touches you about your character of Alec? Georgi. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what connects you to him? I really like that he's a very pragmatic and processed guy and that he's very connected to the nature and to the environment that he's working in. And uh, I like that he, he tries to keep his head down and not get into any conflicts, and, uh, but he also puts his foot down when he has to. He's very comfortable in his skin. Like, he knows mm -hmm. who he is. I really like that about him. Yeah. Even though he's in this kind of different world from mm -hmm. him. Um, 
what do you hope for both of you? What do you hope viewers get from the movie? I, I'm a big fan of hope. <laughs> so, I know it sometimes you feel like hope needs some yeah, cheerleaders. Exactly. Yeah. So I hope that I hope that people who see this film come away and feel hopeful. That I did. However hard situations are, and whatever you have to battle, that the human spirit um, means that there is always a bit of hope. Yes, and it felt earned. It didn't feel. Um, it felt authentic and true to where we are as a as a planet or whatever and these characters and and so I love that 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 was what you were hoping to good to achieve because you did thank you what about you I totally agree with Francis I mean you you can feel this from I could feel this from the script from the first time I I read the script I I knew it was about hope and yeah I love it all right last question why do you love making movies for both of you um I uh gosh I love Showing other people a little bit, a tiny little snapshot into how I see the world. It's great. I love that. And I like discovering new words and new characters and building them, and not all by my own, but uh, giving my support to building a world that, uh, that is authentic and people can relate to. I love that. Well, you've both done a great job with this film. Thank is, you. Thank um, is, there any, is there any social media or anything you need to want to promote? Yeah, so mention? there's the Twitter account. Yes. Which is at GOC Film. Right. And um, there's also the Instagram account, which is at God's Own Country Film. You see right. the theme. And there's also the Facebook account, which I think also is. It's either at GOC Film or... No, God's Own Country. God's Own Country Film. God's Own Country Film. That's right, he's on top of it. (laughs) And we are releasing in the United States of America on the 27th of October. That's awesome. What was it like... I always say there's the last question, then I have another question. What was it like to get distribution and and to go through that process as a filmmaker? Um, It was incredible because, um, you know, it it meant that people were actually going to see it. Yeah. And um, it wouldn't just be a festival film. Right. And uh, people, you know, real people who don't go to festivals get, will get a chance to go and see it. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Congrats on the movie. Enjoy Thank your you. time in Los Angeles. I hope they don't keep you too busy so you can have some fun. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you for your time. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Francis Lee and Alex Sikaranu. Go see their movie in New York and L.A. this weekend, God's Own Country. All right, so this happened. Um, I don't know if I talked about this already on the podcast. I can't remember, but I invented a game. Um, You know, like a card game or something you would play at a party, like a Cards Against Humanity kind of vibe. Um, And how it happened, I don't want to say the title of it yet because it may change, but um, how it happened was I um, I wanted to get my observation deck cards printed up on nicer paper because... Right now, they're just like index cards, and I wanted to make it kind of sleek and cool and, you know, put the observation deck on it, all that stuff. So I emailed my friend Scott Williams, past guest of the pod, who knows a lot about, like, printing and graphics and all that stuff. And I said, I want to do this. Is this a Kinko's thing, or what should I do? And he sent me a link to a company called MakePlayingCards.com, and you could just make playing cards there. They could be like, you know, they could have ace, king, queen if you want, all that stuff. Or it could just be blank and you can do whatever you want on both sides. Anyway, he said, you should go to this website. 
And he goes, and while you're at it, you, why don't you just make it a game and, and go the Kickstarter route and all that? Think big. I remember he said that in the email. So I started thinking about that. And I realized how those observation deck questions could become a game. And then I uh, reached out to my friend Jeb Havens, who is a games consultant. Uh, he's a past guest of the pod. And we bonded right when we met over $20,000 Pyramid. Um, so super into games. So we are partnering up. And um, I handle the questions and the sort of authoring of the content. And he's helping with... Um, the game, the world of games, we're going to pitch to a big company soon and we may end up doing a Kickstarter thing. Anyway, that's all his wheelhouse. So it's been a really great collaboration and we've been having play tests where people come and play it and, um, everyone that's played it really seems to enjoy it. So, um, watch this space cause I will be giving you uh, more information about it as we move along, but, um, the podcast and the questions and the way people responded to them, that was a big part of the inspiration. So I want to thank Scott for encouraging me to do that. And I also, he also suggested that I give away decks of the um, observation deck cards as Patreon um, rewards. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, so if you're a Patreon member or, or if you want to um, become one, um, I'll give you the information as soon as I figure out, uh, what reward level and how it works and, and all of that. But you can soon own your own deck of observation deck cards. I know it's exciting. It's exciting. All right. That's all I have for this week. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Dennis. Anyone. Bye. <laughs>